My mother believed and my father believed that if I wanted to be president of the United States, I could be, I could be vice president. This is America. Former Vice President Joe Biden has been elected president of the United States. It is my greatest honor and privilege to have been your president. We will be back in some form. We are still deeply divided. Public health experts warned this was coming unless more was done. And here we are now. Are you proud of what happened here today? Absolutely. Never before in American history has there been an uprising like this. Of the 75 million Americans who voted for Donald Trump, I don't know how many today are feeling, dear God, what was I thinking? But I would wager a lot more are thinking, let's carry on this fight. Character matters. It matters. Tell them the truth matters. The 21st century is going to be the American century. Because we lead not only by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. That is the history of the journey of America. Marion McKeown, how does one recover from CPAC? Like, what is the detox process after what you've witnessed? And can you articulate to us exactly how bad the headache must be after an event like that? I I wish I knew the cure. I wish I had the antidote. <laughs> Sadly, I don't think it's been made yet. I, I think I think we're still waiting for that particular vaccine to come on the market. It was, you know, the thing about these things is you can always have fun. You can always I have the belief very firmly you can have fun anywhere. You know, mm. if you put your mind to it. And of the CPAC people, and I've said this to you before, like some of them are just, they're really in so many ways, just lovely, decent people with a yeah. great sense of humor. And for some weird reason, the cowboys from Trump are my peeps. They love me. <laughs> <laughs> Every time they see what me. What do you mean? They, they, they see you coming. They get like this when, Now their leader, Corey Griffin, wasn't there this year because Corey sadly was incarcerated after his oh, little no. stunt on January 6th. But the new leader, uh, Dennis Mayo, who said they can no longer call themselves cowboys for Trump because they're afraid Merrick, Merrick Garland might come after the rest of them. I mean, they live in worlds that are they go, the rabbit holes that I've been down in the last couple of days. And, you know, it veers between, as I said, these sort of benign people who are really pleasant and warm and, and fine. And then the whole other spectrum where you have this year, it was war on transgender people. That was the main thing. If, if I could pick one strand, one uniting strand, one animating feature of this year, it was that we're going to eradicate, as one person said, we're going to eradicate transgenderism. It was Whoa. chilling. It was appalling. And, and was that was in heavy. conversation. That, that, that it, was from that the stage. Were... That was from the stage. Oh, wow. Okay. Eradicate transgender eradicate. people. And was that met with gales of cheers and applause? Oh, yeah. Now, he, th- this guy said afterwards, he said, oh, we, we're going to eradicate transgenderism. That you know, it's been uh, ism. And he said, well, I wasn't saying we would eradicate transgender people. I was saying we would, you know, and, and talk about this was only after he was really called to task on it. I mean, if you said you're going to eradicate Catholicism or Judaism. Do you think people would make that that sort of distinction? You know, it's I mean, it was really chilling, but I can't even like so much of the stuff was the same. Like you went down to this cavern and there they were selling 
handbags with Trump spangles and in, Trump spangles embedded in crystals for $500 each. They had little purses in the shapes of guns with Trump's name on them, another four or $500 each. They had giant Trump gingerbread men called Ginger Trump, which I'm sure he mightn't have been too amused by. <laughs> and but, they were not flattering likenesses. But I said this, last week, this seems to be a, like a huge part of CPAC now, which let's look at the cold, hard numbers of it, looked a lot smaller oh, than yeah. previous oh, yeah. years. A smaller event center, a smaller turnout, certainly less money invested. But now the mall element of it seems huge. And Trump outsold DeSantos on the merch by 62%, I believe. Well, I know the thing is... CPAC, right. and I think you mentioned it last week that it's 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 called TPAC by everyone because it's no longer the Conservative Political Action Conference. It's the Trump Political Action Conference and everything revolves around Trump. Now, as you said, and I think as we chatted about last week, it was pre-shrunk. It was like somebody took it and put it in a hot wash. <laughs> the whole thing was shrunken very, very far down from previous years. I'd say there were about two to three thousand people there. And now and the unfortunate thing I suppose for them was this place where it's held the Gaylord Arena in Maryland is massive. So they were losing each other wandering around. And usually there's this huge thing called Media Row. And but you know to give you an idea of how crazy it was, on Media Row this year at one point I walked by, Steve Bannon started barking at me. I've no idea. No idea why. As in, he, I think he was just wanted someone to talk to. God love him. Um, and talking about, well, Trump, bring it on, bring it on. We're going to win again, etc., etc. So you had Steve Bannon next to Steve Bannon. Donald Trump Jr. was talking to Mike Lindell of my pillow fame, notoriety, yeah. and of course, January 6th. They were talking at ear-shattering decibels past each other. Then you had Kimberly Guilfoyle and Sarah Palin also talking at very high decibels. You know, I only realised, having, having listened in on, on Kimberly Guilfoyle for a while, on this conversation, everybody remembers, I think, her when she spoke at the 2020 Republican conference. The best and is yet to come. The best is yet. <laughs> That's how she talks all the time. I suspect if she wanted to offer you a coffee, she would say, do you want a coffee? I mean, <laughs> oh, that's just how she talks. It's not, <laughs> I didn't realise that it's No it's microphone needed. Yeah. But God. Uh, so you had, like, as I say, like literally all these people, the crazies were out in force. Stephen Miller, Sarah Palin, Steve Bannon, Mike Lindell, Trump Jr. Trump Jr., played to an empty room. And this was interesting to me. There, It was about 20% full because he's kind of the real icon of the MAGA guys. They love him. They love him because he's an unabashed white nationalist. He is vicious. You know, Trump is quite cruel about people, Trump Sr. But Trump Jr., I almost actually don't want to repeat what he said about John Fetterman because it, I don't think I will because I, I you almost don't want to give it air but it was so cruel and so crass and then he did this bizarre thing where he I, you have to laugh sometimes he announced from the stage everybody look under your seat everybody look under your seat if there's a gold chocolate bar under your seat oh that means God. you go to a reception with my father on on Saturday when he arrives and 
all the seats were empty. So oh. what happened was everybody started charging up and down, looking under all the empty seats. For so all that happened really was that he drew Chaos. attention to how, <laughs> to how empty the place was. Chairs. But it was oh, you know, usually... Usually when you have musical chairs, you've got like five chairs and six people. With this, you had six people and 2,000 chairs. I have so many questions to ask you. We've got a huge episode lined up for yep. you. We'll, of course, talk about Tucker Carlson rewriting January 6th yes. and the impact that's had, the reaction to it, new revelations in the Dominion documents. Biden's big budget attempting to cut three trillion. How do you do that? We'll talk all about that. The Oscar buzz for the Irish in Hollywood. And of course, the Murdoch trial and verdict, which came in this week. Yeah, I was huge, wrong about that one. <laughs> huge ruling in Georgia. Uh, we'll get to all of this. And the best way to hear everything we talk about each week in the full hour long version of this episode is over on patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad. It's how we keep the show going and how uh, you can support Irishman Abroad and hear all of our episodes going back over the last 10 years. The CPAC event, small as it is, didn't generate the media storm that it tends to. Is this intentional? Is there a turning away from this, especially when this we was robbed lie is still being perpetuated and now we're seeing in the fox trial exactly how dangerous it is to perpetuate that it certainly made no ripples over here it almost feels like there is a flock of chickens coming home to roost at the moment I, you know cpac this year to me was more menacing in some ways and more newsworthy from a negative perspective because usually it's all rah 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 Donald Trump is so great we love Donald Trump and yes a, a lot of we was robbed but you tended to have other speakers as well like Ron DeSantis has been a staple of C CPAC for at least the last four or five years he gave it a miss this year now he did the right thing because it, there's no way he could turn up without being booed because the people who were there were, as I said, it's TPAC. You know, he, he did quite a smart thing. So did Mike Pence. I shudder to think what would happen to Mike Pence with that crowd. I mean, yeah. there were guys walking around with Trump's face tattooed on their legs, on the backs of their legs. You know, <laughs> I mean, these were the hardcore. It was, and I think this is what's happened. It's almost like when you reduce a sauce if I can compare, that the smaller it gets, the more intense it gets. And, and the more intense, Trump himself, I mean, I, I assume you saw or heard some of the speech where mm. I am well, your retribution. I was retribution. just going to get on to that. I am and, your and, retribution. Tell, yeah. us, tell us more about this, because it feels like he had articulated what his party line is going to be, what the platform he's going to stand on. It's that if you have ever been wronged in your life, I'm yeah. your guy. Yeah, if you're mad about anything, just you, whatever it, whatever it is that's bugging you, if it's those woke so-and-sos, if it's those trans, if it's Joe Biden, if it's Hunter Biden, if it's the Biden crime family, you know, whatever it is, basically, I am your retribution. I, but this sort of, the mis, sort of messiah complex that he has is quite astonishing. And several times 
he did stumble. Now, he spoke for 90 minutes and he has that energy. As we've said before, I don't know what he drinks when he gets out of bed in the morning, but he, or if it's just bile that fuels him and keeps him going on all cylinders. But I could not stand up there and speak for 19, nearly two hours, all, all told, and with, without faltering. And, you know, he did make several mistakes. He kept calling this United Spates and the United Straits and what have you. But you know what? These... I criticize whoa, whoa, people. He who, called who, America the United States of America. Yeah, well, I think that might have been Freudian, actually. <laughs> but as I say, you know, I people make a, a lot out of when Joe Biden stumbles over a word. And I always say, you know what? So what? And I kind of say the same for Trump. But it was They're more old men. When he was talking about he wants a baby boom, I love a baby boom. Then he goes, oh, yeah, all you guys are going to be really happy because we're almost implying that these MAGA guys who, let's face it, are not the most attractive specimens on the planet. And he's saying that, oh, yeah, all you all you men are going to be so happy now, implying that this is going to be the only reason your wives will have sex with you is if I pay them to do this. <laughs> it just came across as completely bizarre. You know, I mean, There's also so many lies in it. I mean, this is a oh, thing that course, CNN ran was a fact check on what was basically a dishonest speech. If I say it, there must be some truth in it. Which of the lies stood out to you in two well, hours of uh, I think this hair dryer? to do a truth check because basically there were so few truths spoken. It, it, it was all just, you know, it's almost not worth because it was Trump. It was it was Trump with his hyperbole, with his ridiculous claims. He said he claimed in one of the most bizarre ones was that if he's elected, the war in Ukraine will end even before his first day in office. Just the very what? fact of his being elected will end the war in Ukraine. And of course, it would never have happened if he were still president. And of course, he made a perfect phone call to Zelensky and then a perfect phone call to Brad Raffensperger in Georgia. So he went over a lot of this stuff again and again. But yeah, when he said that the war in Ukraine would be over by virtue of all people had to do was elect him if they want the war in Ukraine to end that same day. You know, I mean, so to that level of, of you cannot take him seriously. I mean, and I think people should take him seriously, but you cannot take his claim seriously. Now, I've said to you before, it's a weird thing because, okay, they do this Trump, this CPAC straw poll every year. And the yeah. straw poll says, who are you going to vote for? 60% of the people said Trump, next to 20% for DeSantis, and uh, 62 for Trump, I'm sorry, 20% for DeSantis, and 3% for Nikki Haley, and 1% for Mike Pompeo, and so on. But the interesting thing to me is, I thought, my God, if this is the hardcore, the ultra MAGA brigade, and still only six out of 10 of them are going to vote for Trump, it, this is not good. Like everybody's going, oh my God, 62%, he's going to win, he's going to win. And I thought, no, the crowd has shrunk here. Like the audience has completely shrunk. And even of that audience, even though DeSantis didn't even bother to turn up, you still have, as I say, 40% of the people there more or less saying, well, I'm not voting for Trump. You know, wow. and that was, wow. so, and you know, it's all about, I suppose, how you look at it, because you could say, oh my God, 62%, you can't beat him. And I think that Republicans are very nervous, not that they won't be able 
that somebody mightn't be able to beat him, but that he will hold on to his voters and they won't turn out in the general election. And I think that's the worry or that, as we said before, and you would not put this past Trump because he has no loyalty to the Republican Party whatsoever, that he wouldn't say, you know what, I'm going to run as an independent just as a fundraising scam and an attention seeking scam, because that would certainly be well within his remit to to do something like that. Uh, But people, some of the people I spoke to there were ambivalent about him. Some, it went all the way from some people were saying there shouldn't even be a primary. He's already the president. He should now just be allowed to serve a second term. So they were the election deniers. And there was a lot of them saying, why should he even have to seek a second nomination? It should just be given to him. Trump himself is, of course, of that view. Uh, yeah. And then others were saying, no, we need to have a primary, but we, we're going to support him absolutely. And we hope he wins and he's our guy. And then you had the others who were probably the 40% who didn't, who were kind of going, yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe, you know, there might be somebody better. So I don't see it. You can never count Trump out. I don't see it as cut and dried for Trump. And I've never seen it as cut and dried for DeSantis either, because he has gone full fascist. I'm sorry, but it's the only way to describe him. What's happening in Florida at the moment with all these new laws. He's just announced another new law that he's proposing, which anybody who in Florida who blogs about Ron DeSantis, like any blogger, anyone has to register with the state. Now, I don't think even in Russia they do that. (laughs) I think, you know, I mean, and he's also bringing in new media laws, which would really suppress journalism in ways that just doesn't happen in America. And this is on top of his anti-woke laws, his don't say gay laws, the, you know, the, the, the school books closed. He's now taking over, he's taken over the Disney, the fiefdom, he's taken that back from Disney. I mean, I, some people may say, well, that's okay, but he did it as retribution for Disney disagreeing with his his don't say gay law. And now there's a college in Sarasota, it's a liberal college, that he has decided he's going to appoint the board to, the trustees to, and he's going to turn it into a conservative college. So he is really going after, and you know, the whole transgender thing, as I say, the most, there's a lot of stuff at CPAC that Yes, it's alarming. Yes, it's depressing. Yes, it's outrageous. And some of it is mildly amusing. But the one thing that really chilled me this year was, I said, the all-out war on transgender people, the all-out war on children, on adults, on just about. It was, honestly, I've never heard anything like it. It was chilling. And this is a small community. They don't have the clout of the gay community that that the gay community had say when it, and the money you know it's a much smaller group and the LGBTQ community is of course supporting them but they are being really really targeted in a way that it's just chilling it really is and we've when seen you say all, all out war you mean yeah. like what are the battlegrounds for this war like right. is it the military sports Dressing rooms, toilets, like what are the, what is the rhetoric around? Right, it's it's all of that, but also Tennessee has just passed a new law that says that any drag performances within a hundred yards of any school or church. Now, I mean that are in any public place which would include presumably a library, a park, any public place at all, will be punishable with up to six years in prison. Any drag performance? Yes. Right. So, so if somebody is, does it, does drag performance include just wearing drag? 
Yeah, it would be, I assume it, it would be very like what people are concerned about now in Tennessee is that can you have a gay pride march? Now, can you have a gay pride march where transgender people join in, where they dress up? Because that would mm. seem to violate it straight away. So it, it's not clear that one person walking down the street in a drag outfit would that it would apply to that person. But again, the uncertainty of these laws, uncertain laws make bad laws because people don't know. And the idea is to chill people in the transgender community. And there are nine other states are bringing in similar laws. And in 39 states in America now, in the past year, really, 18 months, more than 300 pieces of legislation have been brought in that are targeting the trans community, whether it's, it can be something like, you know, you cannot play on a sports team of your chosen gender. If two, as you said, the dressing rooms, the bathrooms, public toilets, but also criminalizing in Texas and in about four or five other states, it is now a criminal offense to provide gender affirming care to any but under the age of 18. Now, that gender-affirming care could mean psychological care. It could mean, like, there's a lot of things that that children who suffer from gender dysphoria, there, a lot of kind of help that they can receive. But to if you were at CPAC, you would think, as and Carrie Lake really was the first person I heard say this, that they were being forcibly chemically castrated at the age of 11 by communist Marxist teachers. That's the level of hysteria and outright lying and wow. scaremongering that's going on. Um, well, and, and it's so, also... Yeah. yeah, I mean, it also seems like there's a race on at the moment being led by Ron DeSantis to be the most conservative. Who can be the most yeah. sensational and anti, well, I guess it's anti everything. It's anti everything that is now the new normal. Tucker Carlson has to be within this. What he did this week in telling his audience and other media that other media outlets lied about the attack on January 6th kind of proclaiming that most of the rioters were peaceful and calling them sightseers, not insurrectionists. You know, it's been laughed out of it by the late night comedians, but to an extent, it's Tucker Carlson trying to make a name for himself and recognizing that there's a big market for what he's saying. Am I wrong on that? I think, no, I think you're right. But then you have to ask, like, really, at what point he has a name? I mean, I think personally he gets far too much attention. And I think that he has an insatiable desire for attention. But, you know, this, okay, so he was given by Kevin McCarthy. And this is where, this is again, where Kevin McCarthy literally didn't just sell his soul. He sold his brain and his spine and all of his organs, I would say, to the hard right wing, the Marjorie Taylor Greens and the Matt Gaetzes. And so as part of his deal with the devil to become leader, they said, you have to give this all of this to Fox News because Marjorie Taylor Greene is now starting up and she gave a real turn at the CPAC, as you can imagine as well. But she is now starting a congressional delegation to go and visit the, the, the January 6th patriots, as she calls them, who are in prison for, for assault, for attacking police officers, for smashing windows in the Capitol, for vandalism, you name it. But they've been made martyrs of. And, I, and in fact, another thing I should say was at CPAC, sorry, two more things have just come to mind. One were these paintings of Donald Trump, which were oil paintings, and he's gazing into the distance. But if you look into the distance and follow his gaze, they're 
execrable. I've got to say they're so bad. But there's a cross on a hill and it's sort of like Donald Trump, the saviour, looking upwards at his cross. This is his Calvary. Um, So that was one of the ones. But then there's also giant posters of things that look like sort of, I'm going to say Yorkshire puddings with a lot of gravy on them. And, and they the, over the heading is, this is what the January 6th patriots are being forced to eat in prison. <laughs> now, <laughs> oh my it didn't God. Look that bad to me. I'm sorry, I've eaten oh worse. It looks, looks quite nice. Oh, oh my god! Like, you have to laugh. Like it really is. Like half of my job is just laughing at this absurdity of yeah. where we live and the time we're living in. And I do find it hard sometimes, Marion, doing this show, not to make it all into a joke because some of it's so serious. Some of it's so serious yeah. and has an impact for the implications for the rest of the world. Um, yeah. Tucker Carlson, though, is a character who the rest of the world may not know about. And I, what I'm saying to you is, I feel like this was his pitch to become a Piers Morgan, the, to, to be that level of uh, media celebrity. Give us a little bit of background on Tucker Swanson McNair Carlson. Okay, Tucker Swanson McNair Carlson comes from, as the name would suggest, a very wealthy, very privileged family that was originally based in San Francisco, married a very wealthy woman. I first came across him about 20 years ago when he used to do a show on CNN with a really nice guy called Bill Press. And Bill Press was the Democrat and Tucker Carlson was the Republican and they had a bit of banter or whatever. And he was always very bumptious, always slightly obnoxious, but he was not anywhere to the far right and beyond the the far right to the degree he is now. He then um, went to Fox News. He had a stint at MSNBC. He kind of had a stint at a few places. You know, he's he's the quintessential privileged white male, like the bow tie, the floppy hair, the whole thing. He's the ultimate wasp. Right. Was a Democrat from 2006 to 2020, according to his Wikipedia. Is that correct? No, no. You know what? He likes to say he was a Democrat, but, you know, the the old thing, I didn't leave the Democratic Party. The Democrats left me for as long as I've, I met him, as I say, probably 20 years ago. And he was certainly a Republican then, certainly a Republican then. So I'm not buying that at all. But in terms of he is the biggest star on Fox News now, He's he has more watchers. He sort of filled the void that was left by Bill O'Reilly, because Bill O'Reilly, of course, we remember, was fired. Was it about three years ago now? More? No, it was more than three years ago as a result of, of the sex scandals that erupted and his serial sexual harassment of women, his threatening of them when they wouldn't comply with, with, with his sex harassment and his unwanted attentions. The guy was, you know, and it, it was quite well known and concealed by Fox and Roger Ailes, who had his own issues. Everybody in Fox knew about Bill O'Reilly and the way he treated women. And of course, it was all covered up because he was their golden goose at the time. Well, Tucker Carlson, he's certainly a goose, but he's also a golden goose because he is their biggest show. And he's his cohort, Mike Lindell, who is all frequently a guest in his show. Mike Lindell is now uh, the main advertiser on Fox News. So he pays for about 30 ads a day for 
my pillow or my slippers or my whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah. and, and so this is, and Mike Lindell, interestingly, I'm digressing all over the place here, but he also spoke at CPAC. Now, that guy should not be anywhere near a stage, but he got up there and he said that all the Dominion machines should be melted down into prison bars to jail all of these Democrats. You know, I mean, this, as I say, this is the level of discourse and this is the level of discourse that Tucker Carlson has on his show. Okay. So right. we, we saw so that. we're all caught up. Yeah. And, you know, as I say, he is extremely well known in America. I don't think there's anybody here. I, as I've said, I think that the other cable news channels, the CNNs and, and the MSNBCs are, are overly obsessed with him. But I think this week it is legitimate to look at what he did and indeed for previous weeks. And to me, just to put all this in context, we know that Dominion is suing Fox for $1.6 billion for defamation and they're claiming loss of business. Now, Dominion's only worth $100 million. They didn't lose $1.6 billion worth of business, but they're pretty confident that a jury in Delaware might award something around there in punitive damages against Fox because they knowingly, they knew that and it's been proven through all the discovery documents without any doubt that everybody from Rupert Murdoch down to the guys in the mailroom, they all knew and accepted that Joe Biden had won the election and they all said various that Trump was 50 shades of crazy, basically, and none of them believed his claims and none of them believed the claims of his surrogates and they mocked them and laughed them behind their backs. So this has all come out now. But Tucker Carlson was, of course, right up there with them. Tucker Carlson then, Fox is already facing a 1.6 billion claim by Dominion and a 2.7 billion claim by Smartmatic, which is another company that has upped their claim now. So basically, if they both win and if they both got that amount, there will be no more Fox News, as we've said before in the show. But anyway, talk about doubling down. So anyway, it then comes out this week that Tucker Carlson had not only been dissing Trump and, and Murdoch and the whole lot of them, and they were all saying, oh, you know, they were basically afraid of losing viewers. And that was what was behind the whole thing of them sticking with Trump's big line, bringing on all his crazy surrogates. But Trump, or Tucker Carlson then in a text to somebody said, I passionately hate Trump. Now, he, Trump's biggest cheerleader, his most devoted surrogate, he has, you know, he ran with the big lie. He ran with all the baseless claims about election fraud. And, and they just, it, this is a news organization that just does not care about the truth, that really acts as the wing, as the Pravda for the Republican Party, or not the, or the Trump, the MAGA party, it should be said. But then, Okay, Fox is already facing all these legal problems. They're already facing a potential payout of $4.3 billion in damages so, from a company that's valued at $4.6 billion. Okay, and then Tucker Carlson decides, oh, well, may as well go for broke. So Kevin McCarthy gives him the 41,000 hours of footage, of basically every inch of footage that was security footage that was taken on the day of January 6th. Tucker Carlson boils it down to four minutes where now, obviously, at some point in the at the beginning or end, this people wore themselves out. So he boils it down to four minutes where people are walking. You know, some of the writers are, are they're not screaming and roaring. They're kind of walking in this sort of yeah, fairly The, the wave has passed. Yeah. And then there's this voiceover, and I'm just going to repeat some bit for you. Tucker Carlson, it says, they were peaceful, orderly, and meek. 
they were not insurrectionists, they were sightseers. And then it says, the protesters, so-called, were in neat little lines. They take cheerful little selfies and smile. They didn't destroy the capital. They revere the capital. This is his narrative. And it's so laughable and so ridiculous that even Mitch McConnell and Tom Tillis, who is no no bleeding heart and no mainstream media champion, came out. And Tom Tillis said, who is a Republican senator for North Carolina, and he said, it's just bullshit. And, you know, anyone who was there that day, everyone knew. Like, So Tucker Carlson is trying to tell people, don't believe. Don't you trust believe? your eyes. Don't, listen, <laughs> yeah. don't trust your eyes. Yeah, don't, don't trust, trust your eyes. Don't trust the footage. Don't trust the exactly. people being shot, the people being crushed, the smashing of the windows. And, I have footage then, of somebody picking yeah. up a chair and another guy exactly. taking a selfie. But my point yeah. is, Marion, he has to know. Yeah. He has to but, know. It's so laughably bullshit that the calculation is this will actually be a good thing for me long term. But, you know, but will it? Because to me, if you're a jury, okay, now let's say there is going to be a jury appointed to this Dominion case, which is supposed to start on April 17th. Okay, now if you're a jury and on top of all the January 6th stuff, on top of the the election lies, on top of all the, the texts they have from Rupert, from Carlson saying, fire that woman who fact-checked correctly, who did her job. What do you think we are, news organisation? And But then you have him doing this as well. So it just seems as though the pathology within Fox News is just rancid that it's just lie after lie after lie and for any juror they're going to be thinking okay it's not like dominion yeah they defamed them but look at the crap they came out with about january 6th look at this bullshit that tucker carlson came out with where he was even laughed out with by republicans on the hill you know who are all slaves to fox news who just who were like no you know what this is a bridge too far all of them of course except kevin mccarthy who be bizarrely claimed he hadn't seen Tucker Carlson's special cut, you know, his director's cut, uh, even though he gave him all the footage. Oh man, Marion, we've got an awful lot more to come in the second half of the show. Come on over to patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad to hear the rest. As I said last week, I am going to be in Cork on May 12th. We just let those tickets out last Friday and it looks like there's only the balcony left at the Elveryman Theatre in Cork. So you need to move fast if you plan on coming. Get a ticket there at everymantheatre.ie. I'm also going to be in Thurless at the Source Arts Centre around the same time we're adding dates in edinburgh newcastle glasgow liverpool galway and somewhere else that i can't think of right now (laughs) the place to go and find all of this is on my instagram florida florida we'll go ron DeSantis. (laughs) let him try and stop me uh jarzilla it's on tour come over to patreon right now to hear the rest of my chat with mary ready you have the cameras rolling this is america A lot of people who would probably consider themselves liberal have done very well financially under the Donald Trump four years. You encouraged espionage against our people. You condemn any interference by Russia in the American election. By Russia or anybody else. Russia, please, if you can, get us Hillary Clinton's emails. Please, Russia, please. To renew America, we must revitalize our democracy.